Welcome to the Rural Woman Podcast, a platform for women in agriculture, ranching, homesteading, and more to share their stories. I'm your host, Caitlin Dubin. Hey guys, thank you so much for tuning in. On this week's episode of the Rural Woman's Podcast, I will be doing a little personal introduction so you can get to know me a little bit better. Enjoy. Hey guys, welcome to my very first official podcast. My name is Caitlin Dubin. I am the host of the Rural Woman Podcast. I honestly didn't think I would ever say that in my life, but here we go. I thought I would just take some time to tell you a little bit about myself, where I'm from, who I am, and I guess how I got started on my journey in agriculture. I am 28, almost 29 years old. I'm married to a wonderful man named Justin. I'll tell you a little bit more about our story later, but originally I am from Lethbridge, Alberta, Canada. If you haven't heard of that before, you are not the only one. It's about population 90,000 people. We are about an hour north of the Montana-Alberta border and about two hours south of Calgary, Alberta, where the 1988 Winter Olympics were hosted, if you're into fun facts like that. I would describe myself as a first-generation female farmer. So what does that mean exactly for me? It means I wasn't born into a farming family or a ranching family or a family that had any kind of first-hand experience in farming. The closest thing that I would say I got to a farm was my grandfather had an acreage just outside of Lethbridge where I would try and ride dirt bikes and go and pet my cousin's horses. But other than that, there was no farming in this blood. I was essentially born and raised a city kid. Uh, I went to college and got a good job after college. Worked there for a few years before I met my husband through an awkward online dating profile. Um, His name's Justin. I affectionately call him the farmer. Hear me refer to him as the farmer, then you know who that is. Yeah, he is a third generation farmer. He was born and raised a farmer. I don't ever think there was any doubt um, that he was going to grow up and be a farmer. We live on a mixed grain and oil seed farm in Southern Alberta, certified organic as of 2018. Justin and I dated for about four years before he asked me to marry him. We started dating in the fall after he was done harvest that year. And throughout that winter, we spent a lot of time together and even did some traveling. When it was getting closer to spring, Justin said to me, you know, it's not going to be like this all of the time, right? And not wanting to sound like a a city kid, I was like, oh, yeah, of course, I know you're busy during spring and summer and fall because that's when you farm, right? Well, I was naive to the fact that it was farming 24-7 all of the time. So we spent most of our dating life either on the tractor or in the combine, and it is not as romantic as it sounds in a country song, let me tell you. We got married on New Year's Eve 2016. I figured that would be the best time to marry a farmer would be in the dead of winter because there would be no excuse. He wouldn't be on a tractor, so he wouldn't be late. And, you know, New Year's Eve, funnest day of the year, and he would never forget our anniversary. So it was a win-win. When we got married, people would ask me about what I was going to do on the farm, where my garden was going to be, what kind of tractor I would drive. And I literally just rolled my eyes because there was not a chance that I was going to do 
anything on the farm farm related. I had no interest in agriculture and I think it was more or less because I didn't actually know anything about agriculture besides what I would pick up just in talking about on the phone or the egg update on the radio station that happened every day. There was no chance that I was going to be a farmer. I, I enjoyed going for tractor rides and combine rides while we were dating but being a farmer wasn't high on my priority list kind of fast forward a little bit through our first year of marriage as an overview. It was tough. I always look back and think it like to put myself back in that position. I was so underprepared of what it actually meant to be a farm wife and be married to a farmer and the responsibility of that in itself. I had to pack up my things in my house in town and move into my husband's multi-generation family home that his mother just moved out of. Now I had to have a long commute to a city job that I no longer really loved, but it paid my bills. I came home after a long day to an empty house because Justin wasn't done his 16 plus hour workday. And if he was, he was in the office still working. I didn't see my friends as much as I had used to because when I was in town, it was to work and to get groceries or whatever and come home. And there was no way that people were coming to see me because one, it was so far away. And two, when anybody ever got out of their vehicle, the look on their face for the smell of around our house wasn't usually a good sign that they wanted to hang out on the patio or anything like that. But when I say so far away, we live actually only like 20, 25 minutes out of town. But when you're from a small town or a small-ish city, a 20-minute drive can seem like a lot. I'd come back and from work and eat my dinner by myself and put Justin's in the fridge or heat it up in the microwave when he came back and I would go to bed by myself and I would just get up and do it all again the next day. It basically felt like a whole new world that I was plopped into and had no idea what the heck I had gotten myself into. During that time, I also was struggling with what I now know is clinically diagnosed anxiety. Yeah, I lived in my own little bubble of personal hell for about seven months until I finally threw my hands up in the air and said, no, that's enough. I'm not going to live my life this way. I've got to figure this out. I hated my job. My marriage was not going in the right direction and I seemed like I was angry all the time. I took a much needed leave from my job to focus on myself in the summer of 2017. So did things like I went to the doctor and talked to him about my anxiety. I went to therapy. I reached out to family and friends and told them that I was having a hard time and asked for their support, which overwhelmingly I got. And I was, I'm so lucky and blessed for that. It took a while for me to start feeling like myself again, but I eventually did. But during that time while I was home, I did a lot of cooking as a farm wife or any farm wife would know that there's always something on the stove or something going on during seeding and harvest. But for somebody who was used to cooking just for themselves or for their boyfriend at the time, I did a lot of cooking, which is good. I enjoy cooking, but I knew I didn't want to be the cook forever. So I finally started to inquire about doing a few things outside of the house on the farm. And I remember the day that Justin asked me if I wanted to run the swather. And first off, I had to ask, which one is the swather? And Second, I asked, are you nuts? I had finally just gotten used to ride, using the ride on lawnmower to mower lawn. I think it used to take me about six hours to cut the grass. And then I got it, you know, trimmed down to four, which was, I was pretty proud of myself. But driving the swather to go into a field of winter wheat that he had spent all summer growing and for me to knock it down, I was 
a little anxious to say the least. But a few days later, he ended up convincing me that I should just try a couple rows and see how I did. And I think I did okay. The steering on the Swather is a little bit different than my car, but I figured it out. And yeah, he asked how I liked it. I said that was fun and didn't really think anything of it. The next day he took me out there again and did a couple rows with me and said, how's it going? I said, it's okay. He said, all right, stop right here. Looked at me and said, don't hit anything and jumped out of the cab. So there I was in however many acres this field was going to try my hand at slothing and knocking down this winter wheat. It took me probably longer than it would have taken him to do it. But uh, eventually I got the whole field done that day and I was so proud of myself and I honestly I don't think I've ever felt as satisfied doing anything in my whole life actually so I uh, spent the next 12 hours out there and was watching the sun go down and I looked out on the field and it was all laying in rows and that was the exact moment I knew that this was for me and that I was going to be a farmer so it wasn't long after that that I quit my full-time job in the city my career said goodbye to a steady paycheck health benefits and a pension and I said hello uncertainty here I am so that was back in the summer fall 17 so that was you know during harvest I jumped in with my boots on in harvest and we actually got harvest 2017 done in record time and it was awesome it was higher energy everybody seemed like you know they were in a great mood everything was going great I was exhausted after harvest I think I slept for about a month and when I woke up from my harvest hibernation I realized that all right what do farmers do in the winter well amateur farmers I, I should say like I I wasn't a full-fledged farmer I would say but I realized I had a lot of time on my hands and once you've watched everything on Netflix like I don't I don't know what else you could do. So I ended up getting a part-time job at a gym in Lethbridge that I still currently have a part-time job at and I love. So it gets me out of the house, out of my husband's hair and uh, it's a fun job. So yeah, let's fast forward to 2018. So last year, uh, 2018 was my first full year of farming from seeding to harvest. And 2018 was also uh, the year that we became certified organic. So that's something that Justin's been working on for the last few years and something that we're both really proud of. I was excited to start 2018 spring because I could remember the harvest of 2017 and how upbeat and positive it was. It was hard work, but you know, we got it done. So I was like, hey, 2018, let's go. We're going to do this. Well, 2018 wasn't probably as upbeat and positive as, as I would have hoped for. It was hard. But uh, as a new farmer, I have learned to expect the unexpected a bit more than and I than I have in the past. So we had a really cold and snowy winter, leaving lots of water laying on the field where the snow was. Once we got that all dried up, it was time to seed. Started seeding. It was too dry. And uh, so then it was like, let's start the pivots. And we're lucky to have them. But if you have a pivot or know anybody under irrigation, you know how much of a pain pivots can be sometimes they don't always play nice and so we got through the seeding in summer and then came harvest and it snowed yes snowed like a lot of snow I couldn't believe it I uh, I remember waking up in the morning that the snow was laying on the ground and I just looked at Justin and I started to cry and he'd been kind of grumpy about the weather for the last few weeks because it would be snowy and rainy but the snow wouldn't stay but the day that the snow actually stuck on the ground was the day that I had my breakdown and I, I just couldn't believe it and he just sat there and he said this is farming like expect the unexpected so we didn't know if we were going to get the 2018 crops off in 2018 but luckily enough our crazy southern Alberta weather cooperated and we 
had a few Chinooks and we were able to get harvest done, I think the end of October. So that was pretty abnormal for us. But one thing I haven't mentioned yet about my 2018 farming career is probably the most important thing for me anyways, was the start of my goat operation. Yes, that's right. I said it. Goats. This city girl has always had a soft spot for any four-legged critter, but after watching enough goat videos, I was convinced that I needed one. So I, it took some convincing of my husband that I needed these goats or I should have these goats, but I told him my plan was to rotationally graze them on the back pasture at our home and they would eat all of the weeds and the back pasture would look great and they would also provide his wife with endless amounts of joy so really it was a win-win for everybody he told me if you're gonna get goats you gotta do your research so I started and I read everything I could on the internet I got books I found myself a mentor for goats I call her my goat guru and I, I was convinced I was set I was gonna go get these animals so in the spring of 2018 it was the end of May, I think it was a rainy day. I remember that. I brought home my first two goats. They were named Captain and Cowboy because obviously you have to name your animals, which I found out you probably shouldn't do later. But <laughs> yeah, they came home to a brand new goat shack. We called it Rudy's Goat Shack. My dad and I built the shack ourselves, so he calls me Rudy. So I thought it was, you know, appropriate to name it Rudy's Goat Shack. So I started off with the two boys and they did great for about their first month or so. And then I looked out on the pasture and realized that I had a lot of grass for them to eat. And I didn't know if they could eat it all in the time that they were going to be on the farms. I thought, why not get more goats? I kept these ones alive for a month. So a month later, I uh, went and picked up three more goats, three females, and they were named uh, Maggie, Lady, and Penny. They did a great job. The pasture was weed-free by the end of a fall. And yeah, they were a lot of fun. They each had their own little personalities. And I, I officially became a crazy goat lady. Like I'm obsessed. I, I had to have more. So, but you know, it was always in the plan that in the fall that these goats would be sold for meat. So knowing that, and still having this connection with them. It, it was hard. It was probably the hardest day of my farming career to uh, drop off the goats at the auction, but I did it. We all, you know, came through okay. The goats served their full purpose. They provided nourishment to a family. And that was probably, that was probably the proudest day I've ever had as a farmer, uh, knowing that I could do that for for people. Looking forward to this year, 2019, and expanding my goat operation and doing a little bit more integrating of them eating weeds in our organic field. So we'll see how that goes, but I'm excited. I've already been goat shopping. It's the beginning of March. I uh, looked throughout February at goats that were for sale in my area and resisted the urge to buy them because it's still minus 30 whatever, and I don't really want to go out in the snow with these poor goats in when it's cold. I'm a fair-weathered farmer, I guess. So that is basically a synopsis of my very short farming career so far. When people ask me what my career is or what my job is, whenever that happens, um, 
I tell them that I'm a farmer. So I started sharing my story of farming back in 2016 on Instagram. I started a little page on there. It was called Farm Wifey Blog. Then after that, little bit after that, I started a blog itself, also titled that. And just recently, I have switched everything over to the Wild Rose Farmer and wildrosefarmer.com for my blog. My whole reasoning behind starting a blog in the first place was more or less to connect with women in agriculture. I didn't grow up in agriculture. Like I said before, I didn't know what I was supposed to be doing and I was looking for any type of guidance that I could get from anyone that would share it with me. I didn't even really know any farm wives. Like we have some friends that farm, but most of Justin's friends that he grew up with are not farmers anymore. So they're not on the farm. They're not doing the farm life anymore. So my world was opened up to all of these wonderful, beautiful women doing essentially everything on the farm from cooking meals to driving tractors to raising children. And they have helped inspire me to grow into the woman that I am today on the farm. I'm the farm her that I am today. And we're going to and we're going to talk to them. We're going to talk to all of those people and do their interviews and hear their stories. I'm excited to get this podcast up and going. Um, I've got some great interviews lined up of people that I have either, you know, met in person or connect with online. And you know what? I have met probably some of the greatest people I know on the internet. I met my husband on the internet, so why wouldn't I meet other people on the internet too? I have a great little community of female farmers online. You're going to meet some of them or listen to some of them and hear their stories about agriculture and all the wonderful things that they're doing on their farms and in their communities. I'm excited to get started. And I just want to take some time to say thank you to those who have already reached out to me about the Rural Woman podcast since I have announced it just a short time ago. This has been something I have been working on for what seems like forever and didn't really know if it was ever going to come to reality. And now that it has, I am just so thankful that you have taken the time to get to know me a little bit better. And I can't wait to continue to share with you the good word of agriculture. So if you'd like to stay in touch with me, uh, you can head over to Instagram and my handle is wildrosefarmer, or you can hop on the website check out wildrosefarmer.com and you can also subscribe to this podcast. I think that's where I'm supposed to say this and we will we will see where this goes. I never imagined in my life as a introverted extrovert that I would be a podcast host, but here I am doing this thing. Thank you again so much for listening to my introduction episode. Please share this with anyone that you think would enjoy it. Until next time, thank you so much. Thanks for listening to the Rural Woman Podcast. For show notes, head on over to wildrosefarmer.com. You can stay connected with me on Instagram at wildrosefarmer. If you love the show, make sure to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Plus, share it with a friend. We'll see you next time.